Can anybody guess what we're talking about today? I think, ooh, oh. So if you haven't been here before, um, my sermons are really dialogical. I like to get input from everybody uh, here. And I do a lot of whiteboarding because if I don't write down a good point, I'll forget it later. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to reread the sermon for, or the, uh, the scripture for the, the sake of the recording. Uh, then Jesus was led up, led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. But then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So, we are now in the, the, the Lent season. Can anybody tell me what Lent is? 40 days before um, Easter, when you kind of think of what sacrifices that Christ made for you. And traditionally, people sacrifice um, something out of their life to kind of symbolize it, like meat or chocolate or something. Pizza? So, so I was already leaning this way, and then uh, I think it was Sharon that said, what if you gave up a behavior for Lent? So what is, so that's what I want to talk about today, is the temptation of a specific behavior. So how easy is it to just go into your protective personality? Does anybody have one of those? Okay, so my protective personality, a couple of weeks ago, I preached on anger. So that is my protective personality. So mine is anger. And if you go into my office and look on my bulletin board, there's a, there's a little note there, and it's about that big. It says, really small, fast from anger. So that's my Lent fast this year, is to fast from anger. So how do I, instead of getting angry at a situation, meet the situation with love? So the temptation is to go, if something irks me, the temptation is to go and be angry and shut it down because then I have control over it. 
Well, what is it to accept the fact that I might not have control and meet the situation with love? Total polar opposites, right? So what is your go-to emotion? What is your go-to behavior? What is your, 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 the one that you are tempted to go and run into all of the time? Close up. Close up, okay. Close off. Yes, yes. Imagine if uh, Jesus had told Satan that he would just do it himself in that passage, instead of putting, pointing the light towards God. Is there safety in that emotion? Well, <laughs> I think so, and then it doesn't work out until I suddenly open back up and let God Yeah. He would have failed. He would have failed. Jesus would have failed had he said, I will do this myself and left God out of it, right? How often do we fail when we give in to our temptation and let go of God? I'm like a train wreck when that happens. <laughs> so what are some other temptation or some other tempting behaviors? Denial, sure, yeah. Denial of reality or you know, what's actually happening and I just don't want to accept it. Yeah. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> but you know, denial is not just a river in Egypt. We all have denial. And how, I mean, just think about it. Just with whatever our own temptation is, we can stop and look at the story of Jesus. And Jesus goes out to be in the place with God for 40 days and he fasts. And then Satan comes in and tempts him. How often does that happen with you? where you're in the middle of something, all of a sudden you get tempted by something, and you have the ability to say no the first time. But then that guy comes back. He's like, well, okay, that first temptation didn't work, so I'm going to present it to you like this, make it look even more shinier. How hard is it to always say no to that temptation? Like me, one of my biggest temptations that I'm not ready to give up right now is Facebook. Like, that's my checkout right now. It's like, you know, in the morning I'm checking Facebook, in the evening I'm checking Facebook. Sometimes while I'm driving, I'm scrolling Facebook. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I am reading emails and emailing. <laughs> but that temptation to just be on this thing all the time lets life go right by you. So when we give into our temptations, we're not living life. We're living a false hood. What are other some some other my protective personality? What you, protective personality, yeah. Is is just kind of Going dumb, kind of no. like, uh, I 
used to, I, I remember noticing for the first time when I was a young man, my 20s backpacking around in Europe, and I would have no clue what I was doing, and I was in a situation that was going to take some, <laughs> some figuring to get out of, and I would just have this mechanism that kicked in where I just, like, not, not get excited about it, <laughs> just kind of, but it was, it wasn't, it was sort of positive, and then it was a good protective mechanism. So sure. I could get through any, find myself in any weird place or situation, and and not freak out, not feel fear or or anything negative. But it also was kind of distanced me from the full richness of what I could have been experiencing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in James, uh, one. 13 through 18, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each per person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. You ever feel like you've ever been enticed by your own evil desires? <laughs> then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Do you ever feel like you're dead in your sin? I do. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the world of truth, that we might be kind, might be kind of fist fruits of all he created. Might be kind of what? Fist fruits. First fruits. First fruits, yes. Oh. I don't know. I'm just making sure you guys are paying attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have I hit my six minutes yet? No. <laughs> so, but what, what, so James, James is grumpy guy. Um, what is this saying? What is this saying? You know, it's saying when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. You ever blame God for your misfortune? Well, that's kind of what the, didn't the Pope get all involved in trying to rewrite the, the Lord's Prayer because he just not include temptation? Yes, they did change it. And he said the Lord doesn't lead anybody into temptation. It's yeah, so they... Or it's our downfall or whatever. So, yeah, so the Catholics did change the prayer as far as I know. But he was Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Sure. To be tempted by the devil. So <coughs> we are being led, but situation. you know, we're not being led into the temptation exactly, but we are in that spot. Yeah. So we can maybe get stronger at fighting it off. Maybe. Has anybody ever found yourself in a room full of your worst temptation? Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, right? Danny's pizza? No, for me, I am constantly in the room of temptation. Just from the people that I work with in the jail, the people that I work with on the streets, and so on and so forth. You know, there's still something that's a little bit romantic about that life. You know? And that's what's caused me to fall before. 
It's like, hey, I've got a few years clean and sober. I can just do it over again. I'll be all right. I know how to do it better because I'm smarter. I learned some stuff. But it just brings me right back to where I was in the beginning, empty and alone. So I'm constantly faced with that temptation. And it sucks. The thing that keeps me from falling into that temptation is one, Jesus. Two, my family. Three, you guys. Because I can't do it by myself. I cannot do life alone. I've learned that. I have this huge family here. I have this great family at home and I have Jesus on my side. So, so when the devil makes fun of Jesus and says, cry out to God for it is written, you know, on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You guys are the angels in my story. My family are the angels in my story. Jesus is, the, is, is my story, is the ones that are bearing me up so I don't strike my foot against a stone. I can't do any of this without you guys. It's just like you, Annie, when you say you want to just tuck yourself away. That doesn't accomplish anything. That doesn't give anybody else the opportunity to help you out of your temptation. Because if we try to combat temptation on our own, we're going to lose. And it starts first with Jesus. And then it goes with the people that you bring in. Yes, Rosemary. Um, I've always thought that I'm pretty strong. And recently I've, I've been losing my vision. And I know now that I'm not very strong. And I've come to Jesus a lot more this last couple of weeks than, than I have in a long time. That's amazing. So we know, uh, I mean, we all know our own personal temptations and what it is that gets us and what it is that really gets under our skin. But how do we fix it? How do we combat it? So let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this negativity. What do we do when we're tempted? Resist. Resist. I pray. Pray. Ask for help. Ask for help. Who in here is uh, is good at asking for help? Sometimes the help we need is not the help that we want. Who here is good at receiving help that we don't want? <laughs> I don't think my hands can go any lower, only if I sat down. Receive the help. Love. Love. Yeah. Love, of, love of what, though? Love's just so, such a. Whatever your pride is, you look at that situation with love. Okay, love of others. Others. What about self? 
<laughs> you talk a lot about how hard it is for you to love yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So loving the self. That's the hardest one for me. You guys all know this. It's really easy for me to care about you guys. Not so easy for me to care about me. Because my upbringing, I don't think I'm deserving of that. I don't feel like I'm deserving of love 90% of the time. So that's another temptation of mine. To think that I'm not good enough and shut people out. So I think I'm going to add that to my, my fast list. My fast list. Um, you guys ever watch Saturday Night Live? You know, where the guy talks to the mirror, he's like, I'm so-and-so and I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. That's going to be me in this, this next 40 days. What else? How else can we resist temptation? Use, use the word like Jesus did. Use the word. Wait, stand on the word. Stand on the gospel. And believe it's true. To offer your um, sinful thoughts to the Lord. Forgiveness. And I was just thinking of something along the lines of replacing the temptation with something that's good and righteous and positive. And then I just remembered as I was thinking that, that Tom Ross, our, our former pastor, because sure. uh, for years he knew that my Lenten sacrifice, if you will, or what I gave up was chocolate. Yeah. Because it's not so much because I'm just like constantly craving it, but it's all around and it's so easy. You know, we go down to coffee hour afterward and the cookies all over yeah. the chocolate. So it kind of, it forced me to really be mindful. Like, oh yeah, I'm not doing chocolate for all of Lent. So, but he said, how about instead of giving up something, you take up something. And for him, his suggestion was we Gospel. I think that's maybe when he first really introduced the kind of lean into the, the one year sure. Bible for us all or something. And, and, uh, but anyway, the, the notion that, okay, every time you're tempted to do whatever, eat a Snickers bar, read a chapter out of the Bible instead. Something, yeah. something like that. So that was because then you're not just, eh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. It's like you go I like that. and positive and towards something. I like that. Or if you don't have a Bible right close, you can spend five minutes in prayer. When I think of something that I'm not supposed to think about, I just start saying the name of Jesus. Because what? There's times I'm driving down the road and my brain will just go out here and I'll be like, where did that come from? God help me. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It's what we do when we're tempted. We're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to be perfect. We're human beings. And we're sinners by nature. Years ago, when we lived at Whidbey Island, I was coming back from Mount Vernon, back to Whidbey Island, across, starting to go across the Section Pass Bridge. And uh, the thought just entered my mind, what, what would happen or be like or whatever something if I just stayed straight and just went right over the cliff into, sure. the, into the bay. And just that quick, it disappeared. And yeah. Because the first thing I thought about was my family. Yeah. What would my family do? I'm glad you're here. As recently as this morning, I had an experience that was very similar to what Chris was saying that when she has a negative thought of bad temptation or whatever she says in the name of Jesus. And I had, this is, I'm going to try to not make this too long, but I made the mistake of going with Sherry to see a movie at the Concrete Theater. Sure. I like I it was supposed to I guess it was supposed to be a comedy, but it was so yeah. ultra violent. <clears throat> I, I like where you went with, with song because so often when I find myself struggling or full of temptation, um, I don't even know the whole song, but it's uh, Come Lord Jesus Come is like the, the chorus. And I just sing that over and over and over in my head and under my breath. Like if I'm struggling 
or if I'm having a hard day, or if I just want to go yell at people, I just sing, come Lord Jesus, come. And then I've also started singing, uh, seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, or, or here I am, Lord, because, you know, I'm called to serve. So, you know, when I look at that calling rather than what's bogging me down, it makes my life easier because I'm going to God with everything. I think we're all a lot tuned into music. I mean, it's, it surrounds us, it's on TV, it's on, it's streaming or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that whole retreat into some kind of music that comforts you. Um, and I told many of you this when we lived out on Decatur for some years, Decatur Island, and we had to go back and forth by our own boat. I mean, there were times when I was just terrified because the water would be so bad. I mean, we were down like this and then up like this. And I know many of you have experienced that, but it was horrifying for me. And I would sing all the way across to myself, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, there's just something about that name. You, you all, a lot of you yeah. know that. And I would sing it over and over and over, and it would get me. I, I felt like it just carried me across there mm -hmm. from that fear. Does anybody ever get embarrassed to sing in front of people? <laughs> I'm American Idol in my car. <laughs> Here I'm quiet. I have a story about that. Uh oh. I love to sing at church. And um, one day I was singing with my, my, all my, everything. And this guy, the, minister came over and put his arm around me and said, Rosemary, just just use your mouth. Don't say anything. <laughs> it hurt me. I was like in, you know, in junior That's messed up. That's what I was making. Noise. <laughs> so, hey, you know, here we are. We are in the Lenten season. And the first hurdle when we give up anything is the temptation of the thing that we give up. So like me, I'm trying to give up anger for this Latin season. Um, and I was a little bit snippy the other day and my wife goes, Hey, how's that fast from anger going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I went, what the hell is wrong with you? And then I went, yeah, you're right. Um, so what I, I'm encouraging you all, you know, you don't have to make a public decoration or anything like that, but take and give something up for this Lenten season. And when you find yourself in the temptation of that said thing, first resist. But we all know if anybody here is in recovery or anything, you know that white knuckling it just doesn't do it. You need those around you, right? You need God, talk to the Lord, ask him for help. But the next thing is, is you got to actually, after you ask him for help, be willing to receive the help. Because sometimes the help that comes isn't going to be the help that you want. But it just might be the help that you need. Love others as you go through this process. They're not the reason that you're giving something up. You are. Love yourself for, t for having the courage to do it. Stand on the gospel and believe in its truth. So again, God, offer your sins and your sinful thoughts to God and ask him for forgiveness. 
singing. Sing your accomplishments to the Lord. So like right now, I've made it 48 hours without anger. And I'm going, I'm not an angry man. Look at me, Jesus. <laughs> right? But he knows what I'm saying because I'm, I'm actually happy about it. Share your temptation with God and invite him in and let him help you. Let those around you help you. You know what I mean? We can't do this alone. Innocent. So um, we're going to do a communion every Sunday through now until Easter. But we are not going to do it the normal way that we do it until uh, Easter Sunday. Today and the next couple of weeks. It's just going to be pretty, pretty simple. And almost like our, our prayer of forgiveness and our assurance of pardon I'm going to invite you to lay your today I'm going to invite you to lay your temptation down at the feet of Jesus and take communion as a way of inviting Jesus into that temptation so on the night when Jesus was betrayed and arrested um, he took a loaf of bread oh that's right in the way can you see me? no oh. <laughs> let me just Thanks, Mark. So on the night when Jesus was betrayed and arrested, he took a loaf of bread and he said a blessing and he broke it. And said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat it and remember me. Right after that, Jesus took a, uh, a cup of wine, in our case, of grape juice, and he said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. Take and drink it, all of you, and remember me. So as we move into remembrance of Jesus with our communion, I want to remind you how he stood against temptation in the wilderness. And remind you that with Jesus, all things are possible for one, and for two, he is standing with us in our temptation in our wilderness, and I want to invite you to receive this communion as almost like, I don't know, just kind of like a bond of some sort to invite him into that temptation, to really give him the ability to stand there with you. So Don's going to come around with the bread, I'm going to come around with the, the grape juice, and we'll serve you.
Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for the ability to go to him with our temptations and invite him in and receive his help. Thank you for this church and everybody who's here today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.